fewer faces to me, but it is an honor for me to be here. Um, I am a teacher by nature. Uh, my career up to uh, recently has been in the education field as a, as a teacher and a principal and, and different things. All the kids just went, uh, principal. But uh, that was kind of my background, and uh, now I am blessed to be uh, on a full-time staff at a church in, in the Austin, Texas area, Celebration Church. And uh, when I told my pastor that I was going to get to come and be with you, he was hit... Uh, he was very excited that I was going to get to come here tonight. I kind of shared a little bit about this church, and he was amazingly excited and, and blessed me on, on the drive here. to hey, man, go and do a great job, and he was very encouraging. So it, it's really my honor to be here tonight. Um, what I want to speak with you about just for just a few minutes is, the, is actually the word honor. Um, I have had the privilege of going to several places over the past month and a half or so. Just a little bit um, over over the past few months, and they have been um, very large churches that I've gotten a chance to go to. And I don't know what your background is. I don't know if I almost didn't want to say that, and I'm not going to say the names of any of the churches, lest that uh, get us off track from what the focus of it is. But whatever you think about big churches, can I just tell you that I was amazingly blessed at both of the extremely large churches that I went to. We call them mega churches in our vernacular. Okay, there's uh, very large churches. But what I, what, here's what I saw when I went to both of those different places. Different, um, different cities, separated by hundreds and hundreds of miles. But here's one thing I noticed. The staff, the people that I met with, the volunteers who were there to help, the members of the body, were so very honored. I walked in, and truthfully, I have to tell you, I don't know if it shows an immaturity on my part, but I was expecting something different. I was expecting, you know, you can, I guess you can fill in the blanks because, you know, of what, of what we think that a big church is or isn't, of what we think small churches is or, or they aren't or whatever it is, that I was so blessed. I felt the same presence of God that I feel here I felt it in these large places. I was like, what? This is phenomenal. Huh, the body of Christ may be at work in other places. It's an amazing thought. It's amazing. Kind of blew my little brain there. Unless I forgot it, then, you know, just this week, Monday of this week, I was somewhere else in another large church. That was, that was the second of the, of the two. And I was like, wow. wow. You know what I didn't hear from, from, these, from these leaders? Uh, I didn't hear them downplaying where anybody was about the churches that the people came from. Because in both of these cases, almost everybody else in the room would have had to come from a smaller church than what we were standing in. They were very honoring. They were very uh, open. One of the gentlemen that I spoke with and that I heard speak, um, he's actually a pastor of a Spanish congregation. And a um, little small small work that the Lord is doing, about 8,000 or so Spanish members there at the church. And, what? Yes, you heard me. And you know what You know what he said that he does often? Is as he's driving, he'll see a billboard for a church, or a, a, um, not a billboard, but a sign for a church, the, you know, as he's passing by a building. He makes it a point to stop and pray for that church. God, I pray that they are speaking the word and truth. I pray that their members are strong. Lord, whether they have two or 200 or 2,000 or 20,000, God, I pray for them. I pray for your biggest blessings on them. Now, that was encouraging to me to hear of other people. And again, the reason I'm saying this is to give us a little bit bigger picture of what God is doing on the earth. Um, there are a lot of things for us to be negative about. We can have, and I'm not trying to, I'm not even trying to promote large churches. That's really not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to say that God is at work. And one of the things that I have found that sets people apart is how well they can honor someone else. It's the world's thinking for you to have to pull someone down for you to make yourself look better. Which is the world system. I will pull you down. I'm not going to try to be any better than what I am. I'm just going to pull you down to hopefully be lower than me so I look higher than you. Does that make sense? Yeah. How many times does that creep into even our marriages? How many times, husbands, do we kid around about our wives 
instead of honoring our wives. Ladies, how many times do we kid around about our husband and we kind of tear him down and we call it a joke? And maybe so, maybe that's what it is. But how about we turn and we be very honoring towards each other? We build each other up because that reflects the heart of God. Honor is a big deal in the Bible. Um, just a few things that I wrote down. Uh, God will entrust to you only these three things. God wants to give you things, right? We talk about that. I'm, and by the way, when I talk about giving, very rarely am I actually talking only about finances. Okay, when I'm saying that God is going to give, this is not a, you know, if you serve God, then you drive a Rolls. Because then, obviously, I'm, <laughs> you can see my car right out there in a little while. The only vehicle that my family and I have right now. You know, but it's, it's more of a, God is wanting to give us things. God is wanting to impart. God is imparting at a place like this. I love, I love you guys. I love this church. I love Eric and Jen with all my heart. I love Steve. I love you guys. You mean the world to me. It was worth me coming and driving a little three-hour drive. And maybe finishing here and maybe driving three hours back tonight. It is so worth it for me to be here. I'd have done it. I'll, I'll do it every day if that's what it takes. Well, thank you. But the idea is that God is ready to entrust things to us. Just like as parents, we want to entrust things to our kids. Um, we were in Louisiana uh, last week and visiting some family. Our kids were on spring break. And so we had to go to some property that we have there. And I had we were cutting the grass. And I even, I don't know if you guys know about Twitter and Facebook, I took a picture of my son who was cutting the grass. Can I tell you, that just excited me. <laughs> you know how many times I've cut the grass in my life? Gazillions. And I am ready to entrust to my eldest son, my 10-year-old. I am ready. He's not, now let me, let me say this, he's not ready for it yet. I was walking with him. I had my hand like literally on the lawnmower. He was providing most of the energy. I was providing direction. I was providing encouragement because one day he doesn't go from not being able to do it to being able to do it. There's a process where, in, by which the father entrusts certain responsibilities to the son. When he proves to be what? Faithful. I can entrust him with more. God will only entrust to us, one, what we can manage. God will entrust you something when you can manage it. You realize the parable of the talents is not God playing favorites with people? Give you five, give you two, give you one. Well, that's not fair. I only got two. Probably because you couldn't manage five. Be okay with that. Lord, I want to increase my capacity. I want to grow. I want to keep learning. Because we'll get to it here in a second. But God will bless you with what you can manage. If God gave me a million dollars a day, I would. you would fall apart. <laughs> More than likely. You would go crazy and buy all kind of business you don't deserve and maybe tithe and maybe not. No, you know, it, I've thought that before. God, I know I'm not supposed to gamble, but if I ever like accidentally won the lottery on a ticket I didn't buy. <laughs> and God's saying, why don't you be faithful with what I've given you? Why don't you show me that you can manage that? Why don't you, why don't you show me that you're amazingly consistent with your tithing, you give your first fruits. Why don't you show me that you can give above and beyond your tithes? Hello. Tithing is actually the minimum for a believer. Isn't that weird? Yeah. We think about it like a big badge. I'm a tither. <laughs> yeah, well good. Praise God. I'm so glad that you are, but that's me giving back to God what's his. That'd be like me saying, hey, I'm gonna pay you ten thousand dollars a month to take care of my wife. I'm going to pay you $10,000. All I want you to do is make sure that $1,000 of that gets to my wife. Make sure. You can keep the other $9,000 a month. But just make sure that $1,000 gets to my wife every month. Isn't that the same principle of God giving us money? Whatever He's blessed us with, He says, give our tithe, manage your money, give your tithe to the bride. You can keep the rest. If you're faithful, you know what's going to happen? I'll probably give you more. But we give to give. We don't give to give. Does that make sense? So God will only entrust you with what you can manage. Number two, God will only trust you if you can give it. If you can give it. If you're willing to give, if you are a steward of God's resources, 
Parents, we are a steward of the children given to us. Yes? Yes. They are our children. We use that vernacular, and that's true. They hold our DNA within them. But really, ultimately, what is our job? Our job is not to confine them. Our job is to steward them to Godhood, to, to be just like God, to, be, to grow the kingdom one family at a time. God will entrust to us what we're willing to give. I have to. Uh, this season in our life has been um, an amazing season. We have uh, in this transition for us to be on full-time church staff at a um, at a very healthy church. Uh, it has been so wonderful. We're getting to do things and operate fully. All the things that we used to do, like you guys, and all of our extra time outside of work. And of course, we try to minister at work as well. But outside of that, we're getting to do that and think about that full time. It's such a blessing. It's such an honor. But there have been other areas of our life that's been very difficult. Our finances have been very challenged as of late with things that have happened and different things were going on. And you know what I'm finding? That actually in this season, I'm learning to give more. I'm learning to give better because I'm like, well, God, I can't, we can't do it on our own anyway. It's not numbers in a bank account that brings us security. It's the power of your spirit. That's right. And I'm not saying not to be good stewards. I, you know, of course. I'm learning how to give in a very difficult financial time. Praise God. I look at it as, God, I really want to be faithful. I just want to be so faithful so that I can give more. Not that, so that I can get more. God will only entrust you what you can manage. God will only trust you, entrust you if you can give it. And God will only entrust to you if you can rejoice with someone else who has it. Amen. When you don't. Why do they have such a nice car? <laughs> Praise God. Can you be happy for somebody? Yeah. Can we be excited when they're the one that gets the, the word of prophecy and speaks in service? I wish I could do that. Maybe if you didn't have a poopy attitude, you could. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> did I just say poopy? I'm sorry. That's not a good word. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. God will only trust you with things if you can be happy when other people have it when you don't. In other words, when you can honor someone else from going, you know, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you can do this. I'm so glad that God has given you this. And sincerely be happy. With title, or prestige, or influence, or whatever it may be, that's kind of our testing ground. How does our heart respond? Wow. Uh, our, we made the move to Austin, to the Austin area, and we put our house on the market, and our house hasn't sold. It's been on the market since last May. Um, part of the financial learning, right? If when my friends put their house on the market and they sold it in seven days, if another friend of mine didn't actually officially make it to market, but someone drove by and said, hey, are you selling your house? And she said, hey, yes I am. We'll buy it. If in my heart, and it's funny because both of these situations, they're like, we almost didn't want to tell you. We weren't trying to pick on you. And I was like, well, if I'm that immature, you probably shouldn't tell me. <laughs> I'm so happy for you because I know what it's like not to sell my house. Not, oh. Hey, praise God. God's in control of my life. He's in control of your life. Amen? So when we can honor someone else with a pure heart, I believe that God's uh, blessings open up. How do we honor what are some different ways? I was just thinking about, as I was driving over tonight, I was just thinking about really practical ways. This is so silly. When you're on the basketball court, if you're just shooting around, and you guys probably know this, but if you're shooting around on the basketball court and you make a shot, you know what you're supposed to, you know what the basketball court etiquette is? They catch the ball and give you the ball again. Why? Because I acknowledge that you just made the shot. From wherever it was, hey, good job. I throw it back to you. Thought about opening doors for people. I know these are real simple, right? Giving up our seat when someone walks in a room. Especially fellas. Okay, young fellas do that. People will like that. We stand up when a dignitary enters the room. We give applause. 
we bow down. We speak a kind word. We share what we have. I don't know about you husbands and wives. There are some things that my wife will not share, though. If I reach over and try to grab her a, a spoonful of the mint chocolate chip ice cream, I'm pulling back in the I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, so we do share, but I have not achieved all honor, I guess. We give, we yield. I was just thinking about this. We are filled. You get filled with what you yield to. Does that make sense? You are filled with what you yield yourself to. So if we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, we're filled with the Spirit. We yield to it. This ongoing process. If we, you know, in in the church that I'm at, and I, um, I have part of my responsibilities involves, actually my title is family pastor there. So I oversee everybody 18 and under. I oversee our small groups ministry. I deal with engaged couples and married classes and all kind of different stuff like that. Part of what I do is we get to minister to uh, couples who need counseling. We, it's amazing right now that I believe that God is causing some things to come to light. But can I tell you how many men have given themselves over to and yielded themselves to pornography? Can I tell you how many uh, broken homes there are. People who have yielded themselves to anger and to hurt and to bitterness and to... I had a lady in my office recently and she said, yeah, I know I'm bitter, but I'm not sure that I want to fix it. I guess our meeting's done. (laughs) Don't know that I can help you, sweetie. You don't want to yield to what God's doing. She has yielded to something and a hurt from the past. And it's drastic. And it'd be, take us completely off topic for me to share anything about it. But we get filled. We get controlled by whatever we yield to. So we want to have a yielding spirit, uh, an honoring spirit. Um, Just a few, we're going to look at some scriptures here. Genesis chapter 4. Honor is a big deal. You guys know a lot of Scripture. You guys study Scripture here faithfully as a church. Genesis chapter 4. We're just going to run through. Uh, not run through. We're going to go over some Scripture here. You know this story well. Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 2. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, that's a pretty important phrase, right? In the course of time. It's one thing for us to be godly in the short run, in the short term. But in the course of time, where we are is dependent on uh, what we yield to. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. You guys have talked about this enough. I won't even go very deep into it. But the issue here is one brought an offering that was honorable, that had honor. It was from the first fruits. It's the same idea from what we just mentioned before about the tithe. You bring your first fruits to the Lord. It's not, not only is it 10%, it's the first 10%. Let's bring the first 10% saying, God, we trust you even before the rest of the bills come in. Even before we know that, we're going to trust you and show you that we, that we trust in you. And that's what happened here. You have one that in the course of time brought a dishonorable gift before the Lord. And one that brought an honorable gift. And God received one and didn't receive the other. Genesis chapter 9. We get Noah. And the three sons of Noah. Some of you young guys, tell me who the three sons of Noah are. Do you know? Way to go. Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Excellent. So we know the story here. The sons of Noah came out of the ark. Where Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of the Canaanites. These were the three sons of Noah. And from them came the people who scattered over the earth. Noah, man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. 
Ham, the father of Cain, saw his father's nakedness and told his brothers outside. <laughs> Look at Dad. That's crazy. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backwards and covered their father's nakedness. Again, you guys know these stories. What did they do for Noah? They honored him. Sometimes we are quick to point out others' flaws in a manner that may even be similar to Ham. <laughs> Look what they did. Can you believe? Can you believe what they did? There's something honoring about covering others' faults. There's something that's very honoring about it's easy for us to be the critic. There's a there's a uh, a guy who's having to go before lawyers in this next week that I, that I was talking to the other day. And he's getting himself kind of twisted up in knots because he's worried about what the lawyers are going to say. It's a highly tense time in his life. And he's worried because really anything he feels like he can say, I was like, that's the lawyer's job. And pardon me if there are any lawyers in here. I'll, I will honor you as well. But as I'm speaking with him, the stress level is... If I say it this way, then he can come back and say this. But if I say it this way, then he can come back and say this. And I said, well, exactly. Because if we really want to be critical, we can all be critical about everybody else nonstop. I was a music teacher um, for a long time, and that was one of the things about that I didn't like about going to be judged. <laughs> judged, yes. We were judged at a competition. Right? You'd go, and no matter what you played, as a judge, when I would get to judge things, it was actually, I knew it was kind of easy. I didn't stress out about it because you could always find something to say. If it was the most perfect performance, you could say, I just don't like the way you played it. I think you could have played it this way. It could be technically very proficient. You can just find something. Let's not be that way with the body of Christ. Let's not just throw shots at each other here or outside in the real body of Christ. Amen? Let's be honoring. Let's, let's be willing to cover people's errors. Not that we're oblivious to it. People worry about the truth part. Well, aren't you supposed to bring the truth? Absolutely. But Jesus Christ was filled with what? With grace and truth. He gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. That's actually how I think about dealing with people and whether, should I come hard at this or should I come with a graciousness? What's their response? Are they broken about sin? Or are they broken about the mistake? Then I come with a lot of grace. If they're hard-hearted and haughty, you come a little bit more from the truth aspect. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. So here are a few things about honor. Honor is definitely a powerful thing. I, I, I teach, I have three kids. Uh, Gabe and Olivia. Gabe's ten, Olivia's eight. Uh, doing great. Uh, we have a little baby, Anna. It's about one and a half. So... I will teach Anna this. We just haven't gotten to this yet. But for Gabe and Olivia, I say, guys, you want to set yourself apart from everybody around you? Use your manners. And you're always expecting a big spiritual thing, right? <laughs> we do that too. <laughs> we, we teach the spiritual things too. If you, as an eight-year-old, Olivia, will walk up to an adult, look at them in the eye, and say, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. If you will do that, they don't even have to know you. They don't have to know anything about you. They don't have to know that you're a little straight-A student. They will think that you're a smart kid. They will think that you're a good kid. And all you do is say, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. That's it. Gabe, if you want to set yourself apart from other 10-year-old young men, have some manners about you. In other words, really, the bigger picture is if you honor the people around you, it puts you in such a small class because it's not a normal thing to honor people nowadays. Young people, middle schoolers, high schoolers, you know what one of the favorite ways to joke is? Just put each other down. Right? But sometimes even when you get older, that doesn't always that doesn't always end just with the age. Let's take a look at a few things. Honor is not taken. It always has to be given. Turn to Hebrews chapter 5. Does this make sense to you guys tonight? I am very much a teacher in origin. <laughs> and that's what um, Hebrews chapter 5. Honor cannot be taken, but it must be given. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. Every time every high priest is selected from among men, 
and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently, actually we just talked about this, he is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. That is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. Verse 4 is the one I want to focus on. No one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God just as Aaron was. For someone to be a pastor, for someone to be working in any function in what God has done, there's this calling that's there. So when we're honoring people, we're honoring the God call on their life. We don't, you can't take it. I can't come up to you and take honor from you. That's not something that is takeable. It's something that must be given. Um, the next thing, honor is not passive. It's always active. Let's turn to Judges chapter 4. I'll try to get in a lot of scripture here. Brandon's there. That's good. Get it there, huh? Judges chapter 4. Let's start in verse. Uh, let's start in verse one. After Ehud died, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, the king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hagoyim. Yeah, I should have picked a different verse, right? Get to say all the fun stuff. Because he had nine hundred iron chariots and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for twenty years. They cried to the Lord for help. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lipidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the, the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go take with you ten thousand men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to, to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Now here's, here's the response. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. So clear word has come from the Lord through Deborah to Barak. You need to go do this. This is God's will for your life. This is God's will for His people. He says, Eh, would you hold my hand and come with me? He's trying to be very passive about an assignment that God has given. So what is the response? Very well. Isn't that amazing? Even when we're weak, God is going to get his He's going to get his goal. He's going to get his will accomplished. <laughs> when God told Moses to go in somewhere, ah, can I bring Aaron with me? Fine. Go ahead. Right? That's not the plan. Man. I say that because I I see myself in a lot of this. Hey, I want you to go do this. Um, really? Can I have some help, please? Somewhere? God's like, okay, that's fine. But look here. When we don't go, when we try to be passive about honoring people, when we try to be passive about obeying God, there's some things that happen. Very well, verse 9, Deborah said, I will go with you. But because of the way you are going about this, huh, the honor will not be yours. He lost honor because he was passive. Come on, men, where you at? Don't be passive in your homes. Don't be passive. Stand up. Lead your families. Be strong for your wives. Be godly for your wives. Be the leaders so that you won't lose honor in your own home. But because of this, the way you're going about this, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. And we know we can read in the story later on that that's exactly what happened. He came in. He thought he was seeking refuge with a friend of the family. She said, yeah, come on in. I'm kind of thirsty. Here's some milk. Uh, a little cold. Here's a blankie. <sighs> Went deep to sleep, right? And God gave him over to her hands. 
right? Um, next, so we've, we've learned that honor is not taken, it's given. We've learned that honor is not passive, but it has to be active. Uh, before I leave that point, let's turn to a few scriptures in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. Start in verse, uh, let's read verse 24. If you want to learn how to be honoring of people, Proverbs talks about honor a whole, whole lot. Make it myself in the right place here. Not passive, but it's after. Proverbs 12, 24. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in slave labor. Chapter 22, verse 29. A few, few chapters over. Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve before kings. He will not serve before obscure men. I know when I was growing up, I had uh, what we call delusions of grandeur. I wanted to be something, I guess for the sake of being something. But it's amazing how that God says, if you will become skilled at what you do, if there's a diligence there, if there's an excellence that's there, He'll serve before kings, not before obscure men. If we seek to honor ourselves, we lose it. If we seek to honor others, if we seek to build others up, then God says, I can trust you with that. Remember, we talked about that in trusting. What is one of the first things that He will trust? Only what you can manage. If we want to be men and women of God and we want to be up in front of thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, then we better have the character to go there. I always say, uh, and, and, and I, love, I love what this church stands for because this is exactly along those lines, but if you're too small to clean the stage, if you're, if you're too big to clean the stage, then you're too small to stand on it. And that's kind of, I, I know that that's what this church is built on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, if I'm too proud to clean toilets, then I shouldn't be standing behind this mic. Because that's what God honors. That's a God heart that we see portrayed. Can I tell you though, that's hard to do in real life? It's hard to do when you feel like God has called you to do something and you don't see it happen yet. Can I tell you that I was 15 years not in full-time ministry and I thought God had called me at 16 or 17? Can I tell you there was 15 years where I was a teacher? Where my title on the door was teacher? Or principal? Or whatever? Can I tell you that there were days in there where I was like, did I hear you wrong in the first place? Is this my ministry that you want me to do? I had to wrestle with those things and go, Why, what am I doing? Be faithful. Be steady. I'm building in you what you need. I'll give you what you need, but I'm building some other things. Some things He just can bestow upon us. But most of it, it has to be built within us. If you want to make an impact for the kingdom of God, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't seek honor and glory for yourself because that just becomes counterproductive. Then people go, well, God, why? Why are we here? What? Bro, just work it out, man. Be there, be faithful, be steady. When you, Do you see a skilled man in his work? He will serve before kings. He will not serve before obscure men. So, honor is not taken it's got to be given. It's not passive. It has to be active. I wanted to share this with you. Honor is not imitation. Honor is not necessarily imitation. It's acknowledgement. Let me, let me explain what I mean by that. Um, they say that imitation is the greatest form of flattery, but it's not necessarily the greatest form of honor. In other words, I can honor someone who is completely different than me. And this is what we have difficulty with. I had a work situation years ago that uh, I was about as far on the other end of the spectrum for my boss as you can be personality-wise. And that created some interesting times. Because 
in this case, it was very difficult to find a place of how to honor someone who was so different. We say that we know that the body of Christ, that it's the body of Christ, and there are, there are certain members that do different things. But we usually, I found that most people I talk to usually think about it within one local church. You've got different things. If that's true about the church as the, the body as a whole, that means there has to be other churches with different functions. They're not going to be going after the same. They're not they're going after Jesus, of course. We're talking about real churches. But they're not going to look the way this church does. It's not going to look the way that my church does. And you know what? I can still honor them as being godly. Matter of fact, hey, I'll refer you to somebody. <laughs> I'll refer you to another church. You know why? Because this is not... We're not trying to build a man-made thing here. If you need to get plugged into that part of body to get healed, because you know what? They do that better than we do. I'm not advocating church hopping. I'm just saying, you know, there's different functions, and it's okay. It's okay. I don't have to imitate you to be able to honor you. Amen. That's a little bit... I have to acknowledge that God has His hand on you. Some of these larger churches lately, I'm telling you, I was like, I don't know. Are they preaching the word? In my thoughts. And I'm going, I need to learn to be very honoring. I saw the people there at a whole nother level of honor. I went, wow. I was not expecting that at all. It was so good. It was so encouraging. It's acknowledgement. When I honor you, I'm saying, hey, we're different, but I see God's hand on your life. I honor you, man. I want you to win. I want you to do good. I want to. I want to see you promoted. I want to see you growing. I honor you. I want to lay my hands on you and bless you. I want anything I have. I want to be able to give it to you because I see God's hand off. Can I just encourage you that that's so much more of a fun way to live life? <laughs> it's just fun. I I can enjoy the gifts that you guys have here. It's not just because I live in Austin. If I lived here and God had called me to a different... I can't imagine living here and not being here with you guys. But, you know, I would still... No, I know Jen's like... It wouldn't happen. We know. We've heard from God. Uh, Man, I would feel the same way. We're not in competition. That's crazy. Do you know how much darkness there is to push back? I don't want to be against you and the darkness. (laughs) Come on. Help a brother out. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2. Just a few more things here. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Verse 27. Chapter 2, verse 27 of 1 Samuel. Now a man of God came to Eli and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Did I not clearly reveal myself to your father's house? Come on, parents. How many times have you ever clearly revealed your will and something hasn't happened? <laughs> That's one of the things that bothers me most about parenting. I clearly told you what to do. Oh, I thought you meant... No, you could not have possibly thought that. <laughs> no. No. That is not... Not even possible. Uh, this is what the Lord says. Did I not clearly reveal myself to your father's house when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh? How many times does God clearly reveal himself to us? How easy it is, is it for us as human beings? I think the comparison in Isaiah that we are all like sheep is so accurate it's not even funny. Sheep are not smart animals. <laughs> I don't mean to insult you guys, but uh, I'm saying all we like sheep. You know what they do? They just start chomping, start eating, start working on their own little world, and pretty soon they're off. (laughs) Then I clearly reveal myself to your father's house when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh. I chose your father out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest. God has chosen us, folks. There's a selection process that God has. He calls us by name. I love that God knows my name. I do. I love that it's not a generic, hey you, come 
over here. I've got a calling for you. No, hey, wait. Here's what I have for you. I've designed you for this. I've built you for this. Therefore, no one else. I'm never in competition because it's such a unique calling. It's a custom build. It's not a competition. There's no way to compete with anything else. It's custom. Your life is custom made. I chose your father out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your father's house all the offerings made with fire by the Israelites. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribed for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me? A little bit of a household out of order. You guys know the, the backstory there with Eli and his sons that were just wicked. Why do you honor your sons? Wasn't he just... They were wicked. How could he have been honoring them? Hmm. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribe for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves... He explains it on the choice part of every offering made for the people of Israel. When you take, when you use for yourself what God has designed for you to use elsewhere, you are honoring yourself more than you are honoring God. If God has given you something, part of the uh, struggle that I had, not struggle, part of the prayer in my heart was, God, I feel like you've given me certain things that I don't get to use in my present world. My job, my church that I was attending, we're faithful, we're volunteering all the time, we're there all the time. There are these large chunks of my life that I know that you've placed within me that I don't get to use at all. I trust God that this would be because you're developing things, but you don't give things to people. Uh, you don't you don't give things to people for them to sit on their gifts and their talents. You don't do that. That's not why he gives you the blessing that he gives you. It's to be used for the kingdom. It's to be used in the house of God. It's to be used to advance. Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promised that your house and your father's house would minister before me forever. <laughs> but now, the Lord declares... Far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be disdained. The negative is what Eli got just then. The positive is, if we honor God, He will honor you. If you have a heart that honors God, like I said earlier, that will set you apart from so many other people. Not in an arrogant way, but in a precious, unique way because that's not where we live. Um, honor is not taken, it's given. It's not passive, it is active. It is not an imitation. Be who God called you to be. It is an acknowledgement that God can call you to be someone different than what He called me. We like people who are like us. I was talking to somebody the other day and they are like, yeah, uh, this guy reminds me so much of me. Like, we like the same things. And I was like, he's awesome. And he was like, yeah, he's... Like, and then he realized what I did to him. He was like, yes, he's amazing. And good looking as well. Because <laughs> they related to each other. So he's like, I like people. It's easy to like people who like us. It's easy to like that. That are similar to us. It's, it takes some maturity to go, wow, I really appreciate the way you do that. I could not or would not do that in a gazillion years. But I but I love the way you do that. You do it in such a God-honoring way, I don't even know how I could get to that. That's great. Well, doesn't that, that just tears down walls. That just builds people up. Honor is not disconnected. It is disciplined. You are not an honoring person if you do a single, singular act of honor. Who is more honoring when you think? Think about a person who is honoring. And do you think of the stereotypical Hell's Angels biker? Or do you think of the gray-haired sage? Do you think of a mercenary? 
or do you think of a veteran? Who do you think of when you think of an honor, someone that we should honor? You think of the warrior who's given their whole life to a cause. You think of people who have given themselves to this in a repeated fashion. Jim, could you turn on the air? I'm freezing, and I never freeze, ever. Thank you. I'm about to... Afraid my teeth are going to start chattering. Uh, what do we think of? We think of if when I think of the people that I most want to honor, it's the people who've been doing it for for a while. There's a consistency there. There's this discipline that says they not only did one thing right, they do it right over and over and over and over and over again, which is not glamorous. I can't be honoring to you today and then dishonoring to people tomorrow. That's I'm not an honoring. I'm not an honorable person. Does that make sense? There's this progression. It's disciplined. Psalms 84. I'm gonna wrap this up here in just a second. A few minutes here. Psalms 84, verse 11 says. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. A sun and a shield. You ever just stop and just think about what God's saying? I tend to read quickly sometimes, and sometimes I just miss neat stuff. Have you ever thought about why God is a sun and a shield? He's the one who can give life. He can give warmth. He can give life. He's the protector. The Lord bestows favor and honor. You know, one of the things I pray over my kids every morning. God, give them favor and success. May your favor rest upon them. It's probably because my mom prayed that over me every morning. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. When you are disciplined in your walk before the Lord, not that we won't make mistakes, but there's a disciplined lifestyle that we have to follow. Um, it's not disconnected. It's disciplined for time's sake. I'm going to go on. Honor is not greedy, but it's giving. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says this. I'll just read it for time's sake. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Keep God first in every single aspect of your life. It's honoring to Him. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says this. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Earlier it says, don't think of yourself too highly. The Bible does it, surprisingly enough, completely opposite from the world, right? We try to pull others down to exalt ourselves. The Bible says, put yourself in a humble position and exalt others. Instead of trying, they used to say this, and I thought it was kind of maybe a little corny, but instead of trying to climb the ladder... Build the ladder for other people. Hey, just help them and God will take care of everything that you need. Um, and finally, honor is not haughty, but it's humble. Proverbs chapter 18. Back in Proverbs again. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12 says this. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud. But humility comes before honor. In other words, if you sow the fruit of pride, of haughtiness, what does haughtiness say? I know more than you do. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Right? I can't validate you because you can't possibly know as much as me in whatever the area. But when you walk around in humility saying, God, thank you for placing people in my life, whether I always understand them or not, who are there because you placed them there. Humility comes before honor. You want to be honored in your life? Be humble. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Humility and honor are paired together a lot throughout the Word. 1 Peter chapter 2. This is going to be the last scripture. I believe. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. I like um, 
we have several several police officers and, and um, personnel who who are at our church. Um, two of the chief police, chief of police for neighboring cities, go to the church that I'm at, and it's really neat because I, I mean it's they don't wear it, walk around with their badges on it. They just come to church. You know, you love that. Um, what they talk about is to serve and protect. And really, as leaders, as pastors, that's what we really hope to do, is to serve and protect the people. We want to serve you guys. You have some phenomenal leaders here in this body who want to serve you and protect you. If you get out of line, then sometimes it's necessary to protect the rest of the sheep. Which is never pleasant, but it's really part of serving and protecting. Police are our friend when we're going to speed limit. We don't like them as much when they stop us and tell us we weren't. <laughs> and it's funny how many people, man, it's, that cop was out to get me. Really? You didn't, call, you didn't get caught the other 72 times you sped it. So, you know, but yeah, they're out to get you. You're right. They, they can't get you if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? Sometimes we kind of have that perspective in God too. Oh, I can't believe. Okay. We're going to be honoring here and let God serve and protect us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who, are do, who do wrong and to commend those who do right. I want to be commended by God Almighty. I do. I don't, I don't want to necessarily have it in front of people. I'm not sure if I have the maturity for that yet. But I just want to make sure that he that he, that he sees what I'm doing. Isn't it good when you get a pat on the back from your boss? Maybe some of you guys are the boss. But you go, hey, I appreciate that. I'm not doing it for men's approval, but it's nice. It's encouraging when you get that. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolishness. <laughs> wow, yeah. You've been around very long. You've heard some ignorant talk from some foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the King. I just wanted to encourage you guys tonight, just as we're doing this, and I know this was um, very much a teaching flow, just on a singular word of honor. But I know that God has been inundating my thoughts with this. Lord, how can I... Almost as if, God, I would really like to continue to grow. I don't want to get stagnant in my growth with you. And as if He's saying to my heart, learn how to honor people better. I thought it was, yes, sir. <laughs> Whatever I thought, doesn't matter. Yes, sir. <laughs> um... I just want to encourage you guys with that. And then I, I do have, I just thought of one other scripture I just want to share real quick. It's in 1 Timothy, I think. Um, as just an honoring of this house. Let's see if I can find it really quickly. Here we go. And I leave this, obviously no one who is here has asked me to say these things. But as a matter of fact, unfortunately I haven't talked to folks around here very much or very often. Hey, I'm coming. Hey, can you come Wednesday? Yes. Going. Where you at? <laughs> hey, y'all moved, right? Okay, give me the, give me the address, because here I come. I don't know where I'm going, but here I come. But I think, I think this is very appropriate. Um, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Um, there's one other place that talks, there's a lot, There's several other places, but there's one other place that I think about it, and it's when it's David's mighty men. This idea of not only is there honor, but there's double honor for people who do things really well and who build the work of the kingdom. I am, um, and just in closing, I'm just so grateful to be here with you guys. Um, it is truly my honor to be here with you. Like I said, there's no group that's any more important tonight than you guys. God has called you. He's equipped you. He's given you um, He's given you a lot. 
Don't look at a building that you've been in for two weeks and think that it's not a lot. We know that God's favor is here upon you. His spirit rests with you. It's powerful what you guys are doing here. It's powerful that you get to be here and not only sit and receive, but that you get to be in a place where you can be a part of what's going on. That you can put your hand to something and learn now, whether you're 8 or 80, that you can learn and have your hand on something that God has His hand on. I had a chance to meet the governor of Texas a couple of months ago. It's very, it's a big honor. I mean, that was a big deal. I mean, I know he's just a man. I was like, I get to meet governor. Hey, that's kind of cool. Hey, governor, how you doing? Got to talk to him for just a few seconds, thirty seconds or so. It was an honor. That's I was like, oh, tucking my shirt and making sure my tie is right, and you know, I'm straighten up because this is an honorable thing. The presence of God is here with you. And though we may be relaxed in the natural, we want to make sure that we're on point for the King of Kings who comes through here regularly and touches us regularly. You guys can stand with me so I can pray for you. Father and God, I pray. Uh, Lord, I pronounce just a blessing upon this place, God. You have your hand. Your spirit is here at work. God, never let us take that for granted. Never. What a powerful thing it is to be in a place where we can experience a living and a powerful God. God, I thank you um, for the Stevens family. God, what an honor it is to know these guys. Lord, for the P. Rose, thank you for their leadership here, for Steve and Darnell, God, for, uh, for so many here, Lord, who are leading. God, I just pray in, uh, in front of the members here, God, I pray that they get a double honor. Lord, that not only will you meet their needs, not only will you provide for the day-to-day, God, but I pray just a special blessing, Lord, that they will feel double honored. Lord, I know that they feel honored to serve here, to be serving in the kingdom, to be giving their lives day in and day out for you. God, but I pray that this entire church is marked by people who live lives of honor, who work to Exalt you, God, by exalting the people that you put around them. To show true humility, Lord, and be able to honor those who are here. God, I just thank you for each and every person. God, I pray for financial blessing upon their households that are represented here and those members of this body who are not even here tonight. God, we pray for blessing upon their lives. God, I pray for strong marriages. God, I pray for healing between husbands and wives. God, I pray that you give these men here just the strength, the tenacity, the godliness, the discipline to have godly homes, to lead godly homes, to be the priest of their homes. God, I pray that you give these women, uh, Lord, an understanding that they are beautiful, beautiful by your design. Lord, that they will be able to submit to their husbands, that together the husbands and wives will raise strong children, raise godly children. God, for those in here whose children are already grown, Lord, I pray that you encourage them, Lord, that their goal and that their uh, calling has not been extinguished, God, but they have a purpose here in this place, that they can bring great stability, great strength, great wisdom, and great honor to this house. God, I pray that in in um, uh, this building, Lord, that they will continue to have your blessing and your honor as they, um, Lord, from everything from carpet to everything that they need will be done. God, I pray that this place, Lord, that you can look at them, God, and you will provide them with double honor because of their faithfulness. God, we thank you. God, we love you so much. God, may we all continue to grow every day. May we not ever take a step back, but God, may there be a boldness in what we're doing. Not fearing mistake, God but always keeping in mind that we want to honor you as the king. Lord, we just love you. We praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Are we dismissed? We're dismissed. Amen.
Yeah, you get him in the truck, right?